There he is. Appreciate it, my man. Got these sweet little lights on here and everything, and I still couldn't tell. I told you, Jesus, I wanted the sun to stop, and it didn't. It just, it's still there. Anyways, sorry, now that I'm loud and clear and I'm coming through like a stereo. Can I be blunt tonight? Is that all right? This has nothing to do with my message, but it's kind of hilarious that in church, the reason we put offering message in, in our time of offering right here in the middle of service, because we could put it at the end of service, right? You ever been to a church where they put it at the end of service? Anybody? Yeah. Like, oh, we'll save that business for the end. We'll, we'll, just, we'll just, you know, hey, before you go, if you wouldn't mind, you know, that whole tithe and offering thing, before you go, that's not us. Our offering, when we tithe, when we give, it is a part of worship. And so when I say amen at the end of that prayer, I want to see a church that lights up and is excited to give because it's not that we lose out on having money. It's that God can do more when we are obedient. Amen? That's all I got to say about that. So let's be a church that gets excited about giving because I'm excited about giving. Adrienne's excited about giving and we're going to give until, man, we got to give up our home. I don't even care. We're going to give and we're going to see Jesus build his church. Does that sound good? So tonight we are kicking off a new series. Do we got that on the big Bible? This is the big Bible back here. Everybody say hi, big Bible. Bible. We're starting a new series tonight called Built for the Wild. I'm super excited about this series. Can you just turn to your neighbor and tell them you're built for the wild? Can you turn to your second choice neighbor and tell him you look like you've been in the wild for a minute? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Come on. Everybody looks good. Everybody looks good tonight. But we're starting this new series, Built for the Wild, and I couldn't be, one, more excited about it, but two, can you believe that we get to do this? We get to do this. We don't have to do church. We don't have to come to church. We get to do church. Amen. I don't know what your background with Jesus looks like. I don't know what your history of church looks like. But I can tell you this. I am beyond grateful. It doesn't matter the size of the crowd. Come 50, come 1,000, it doesn't matter. We get to do this. And I am grateful that God has chosen every single person to be in this room for a night such as this. Amen. So I'm going to preach it like I feel. Is that okay? I said, is that okay? Fantastic. Oh, we're, the, we're a loud church, by the way. I don't know if you got that yet, but we're a loud church. So when I get loud, I need you to get loud, all right? Best part is when you respond to me, I preach better and I preach quicker. Amen? Yeah. It's going to be good. Fantastic. But tonight we are starting a series called Built for the Wild, and I've actually entitled this message, the first installment, Urgency in the Wild. Would you just tell your neighbor, you got to be urgent in the wild. you got to be urgent yeah, you can't say it like, you gotta be urgent. You gotta be like, you gotta be urgent. Say it urgently, you gotta be urgent. urgent. Jeez. How can you not say urgent, urgent? You know what I'm saying? Like, urgent. urgent. Uh, why is everybody making fun of my long you? Anyways, sorry. But we are built for the wild. What is the wild? I'm so glad that you asked. What is the wild? I'll tell you. The wild is not just the wilderness. The wild is our world. The wild is Grand Rapids. The wild is this city. It is our relationships. It is our hopes. It is our dreams. It is our heartaches and our heartbreaks and everything else that comes along with it. The wild is every single space that we occupy. It is Grand Rapids. It is this city. It is Rockford. It is Ada. It is Cascade. It is uh, Walker. It is whatever the surrounding cities is. The wild is the world around us. We are built 
for the wild. I know oftentimes in this life it may not seem like it. You may not believe it all the time. You might be overwhelmed and you might feel overcome. But friends, I came to tell some Christians tonight in 2018 at 5 p.m. on a Sunday that you are built for the wild. I love Grand Rapids. Anybody love Grand Rapids? We moved to Grand Rapids because we love Grand Rapids. We planted a church in Grand Rapids because we love Grand Rapids. We're going to be here for the next 80 years until I'm putting a coffin because we believe in Grand Rapids. Amen. Grand Rapids is awesome. Grand Rapids is great. Some would say it's grand, right? Ah. Terrible joke. He's working for it. It is grand. Some would say it's incredible. We got great coffee. We've got a thousand breweries. We've got a blue bridge with designated selfie-taking positions on it. We've got a river. We've got the best burger two years running in 2014 and 2015 in Stella's. Hello. Who loves a good burger? I'm a vegetarian, but I'm telling you, it's delicious. That's a recent thing. Don't worry about it. My in-laws are here tonight, and they're just like, yeah, it's it's a pain in my butt because they cook for us a lot. Thank you, guys. Holler, you can you want to shout out free food one time? Free food, right? Amen. It's good. Man, when you get married, I'm telling you, free food's great. But Grand Rapids, we got these breweries, we got these coffee shops, we got a blue bridge, we got some museums, we got the UICA, we got all these things to do downtown. We got Art Prize, right? Anybody else love Art Prize? It, okay. Uh, <laughs> hate is going to hate. It's all right. I'm going to participate. Okay. Uh, But we got all these things, and it's beautiful, and it's awesome, and I love it. But for some, how many of you know that's not their story of Grand Rapids? That's not what they see when they see Grand Rapids, right? Because I would dare say that's a certain sector of Grand Rapids that actually sees Grand Rapids the way I just described it. I would say it's probably split down the middle. I think for some, Grand Rapids is wild. I think Grand Rapids is a place for a lot of people where their hopes and their dreams... Well, let's just say they're not carrying them anymore. They're not believing them anymore. I think for some, they see Grand Rapids and they see a crime rate at an all-time high. I think here they see sex slavery being very prevalent. prevalent. I think they see a lot of hurt and a lot of pain. I think in this area, a re- a, forget religion, a relationship with Jesus is at an all-time no thank you. Barnum Research would tell you that 30% of Grand Rapids would say that they subscribe to a faith of some kind, and less than 21% of that would actually be Jesus. And the, and the rate lower than that is a lot of people who just claim to follow Jesus on their Facebook status. And so I would say that it's actually lower than that. I think Grand Rapids is a place where there's a, a lot of churches on a lot of corners and doing a lot of great work for the kingdom of God. Absolutely. I believe that 100%. I also think Grand Rapids is a place where as Christians, and I'm going to include myself in this because we are the kingdom of God and I'm going to take responsibility. I think there's been a lot of well-meaning Christians and a lot of harm-meaning Christians who have caused a lot of pain in this city. I would say a lot of people don't see Grand Rapids the same way they do. A lot of people wake up in Grand Rapids these days and they don't even recognize the city they live in. And that might be because of gentrification. That might be because of they moved here and and they were coming from a small town and they were infatuated with Grand Rapids. There's more to do and more to see. And for some of them, Grand Rapids just swallowed them up whole. 
Grand Rapids is the wild. Because both in the glamorous, what I just named, and the part that's not so glamorous that people really don't want to talk about a whole lot. God says there's opportunity. God says there's opportunity in the wild. And so this series, I couldn't be more excited about it because if you were to ask me what I see when I see Grand Rapids, I would say I see beautiful, I see dysfunction, I see hurt, I see crime, and I see a place that is ripe for a move of God. Amen. And I think all we're waiting on is for some Christians to recognize that we are built for the wild. Scott, my man. What up, bro? I love you. Can you do me a favor real quick? I forgot my rope back there. Can you go grab me my rope? Thanks, man. Can someone make some noise for Scott? He's so awesome. Scott heads up our incredible host team. Uh, He's just a good guy. Okay, can you hold on to that for me? Thanks, man. Appreciate it. How awesome would it be if I really didn't need that and I just did that? (laughs) Everybody's just waiting for that cliffhanger. Like, what, what was that rope about this whole time? I have no idea. But, man, I love Grand Rapids, and I think when we look at this place... I think when God sees Grand Rapids, he sees what it can be, not what it is. I think when a lot of people look back at what it was, they see, like like I just said, there's people who look up and they wake up every morning and they see a very different city than they grew up in, a very different city than they imagined it would be. I don't think God's plan for Grand Rapids is to restore it to its once former glory. I think God has better for Grand Rapids. I think God has more for Grand Rapids. I think Jesus wants to actually see some Christians come alive in this place and say that they are going to risk everything for the one. Amen. So tonight what I want to do is I want to open up to the Bible. Is that okay? Can we read the Bible? Anybody bring their Bible tonight? I've got a few in the house. That's okay. If you didn't bring it, God, you know, Jesus, he grades on a curve, so you're okay. But it's actually going to be up on the big Bible pack up here. But we're coming out of Luke 5, 17 through 26. It's a little bit to read, but I'm going to get through it. Would you guys stand for the reading of the word? I'm kidding. I'm, I'm just so kidding. I'm so, I'm so kidding. I'm so kidding. You know, if I'm actually feeling it one day, we might do it. But right now, we're good. Just you chill. All right? It's going to be on the big Bible. Luke 5, 17 through 26. One day, while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these people showed up from every village in all of Galilee and Judea as well as from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Verse 18. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up on the roof and took some shingles or took some tiles off. They lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to, the, uh, said to the man, Young man, your sins are forgiven. But, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the religious law said to themselves, Who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking, because he's God. And so he asked them, he says, Why do you question this in your hearts? It is, e- is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man he said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. Everyone was gripped with a great wonder and awe, and they praised God, exclaiming, We have seen amazing things today. Isn't that good news, church? Five people are convinced. Isn't that good news, church? 
You're going to be alive. We come alive in the nighttime, man. I could, I could deal with this if we had a 9 a.m. service or like an 11 a.m. service, but it is 5 p.m. You have had ample time to eat some food, have some coffee, and just get excited to be at church. So let's be awake tonight, all right? I love this because I think I'm going to pray in just a second, but that's the church. That's the church. That's why we designate a part of our services, Adrian, led us in tonight, where we're going to have our pastoral staff. And honestly, there's going to be Sundays where I'm going to challenge you to turn and do it together. Because this is church. It says right here, everyone was in great wonder and awe, and they praised God, exclaiming, we have seen amazing things today. I want to be a church where we, at the end of service, are in awe and wonder when we say, when we leave, that we have seen amazing things. I think that healings, I think that provision, I think that people being set free and liberated is for today. I think that Jesus said it's better that the advocate comes, so he should go, so that we can have these things, so we can have the fruits and the gifts of the Spirit, amen. Amen. So we're going to exercise these things. We're going to believe God and we're going to leave in awe, struck, wonder. Amen. Yeah. So I want to tell you tonight as well. I'm going to just lay it out for you. I don't care what you came in with. Sickness, anxiety, worry. I don't care if it's just your everyday common cold. Our God is big enough for it. It doesn't matter how little you think it is. I want to encourage you every Sunday. I don't care how far you've been walking with Jesus or how short you've been walking with Jesus. If there's people up here and we're having a moment for prayer, if we make prayer and praise cards available, you need to take advantage of it because our God is able. Ephesians 3.20, do exceedingly above all that we could ask or imagine. Amen. I want to see you take advantage of that. Don't leave this church. Our first night here, we had two guys get set free from all sorts of crazy things that we're not going to get into right now. But this altar, this space, this moment, each other, James 5.16, confess your sins to, uh, to your brother so that healing may come, whatever's going on. Anxiety, worry, sickness. Healing can come. Healing can come to your house. It doesn't matter if you're cleaned up. It doesn't matter if you act a certain way. It is available to you, not because of your performance, but because of your position. Jesus Christ on the cross. Amen. Yeah. I'm off that. Are you sure? Positive. You want me to take a drink of water real quick? Yeah. Jesus, I just thank you for tonight, God. I thank you that in these next few moments that we have, Jesus, we are going to hear you speak to us, God. I ask you, God, that you would just move in and through your people, Jesus, that your Holy Spirit wouldn't be just whispering, God. The word spirit in the Greek, God, it means a great wind. Whispering is great, God. But we want to see you move. We want a loud wind tonight, God. So we want to ask that you would just echo what you have for us on the inside of us, Jesus, so loud that we can't ignore it. That we can't leave here the same. That we can't leave here and walk out these doors and not tell somebody about the awe and wonder that we've seen you do in and through this house. Jesus, I thank you for these people. In Jesus' mighty name, everyone said. So I love this piece of scripture, right? That's why I chose it. I love this piece of scripture. Everybody ever heard this before? Where's my, where's my Bible readers at? Just checking census, seeing where everybody's at. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. This is a great verse. Uh, it's a great piece of scripture, and I love it because here's Jesus. He's in a house. He's kind of made a name for himself at this point. He has, uh, it says the, what, the two pieces of scripture before this. It says Jesus has called his first few disciples, and the next one afterwards said he did his first few miracles. And, and so Jesus is kind of making a name for himself. So here you see this Holy Spirit house party going down, right? I thought that would get more jokes. I thought it would get more laughs. Holy Spirit house party. I thought it was awesome. I was thinking like Kid and Play from the 90s. Cause this kid don't play. Robert knows. It's it's cool. We're old, man. Um, Y'all just young. It's okay. House party. It's great. The Lord's in it. 
kid and play. It's amazing. Anyway, so Jesus is at this house. And here he is, and he has these, he has a few disciples, he's done a few things, he's kind of making it known that he is the son of man, that people are kind of understanding at this point, hey, there's this rabbi, here's this teacher, he's doing signs and wonders, he's doing all of these things, and here we have, it says, a great crowd coming from three different cities. So here's this house, we have a crowd of people coming to this city to be around Jesus, to gather around Jesus, to be next to Jesus, to be in the same house as Jesus, because they've heard of what he said and they heard of what he can do and here people are dropping their nets and what they've been raising and following him, right? And I think that's a good place to start. Gathering around Jesus, right? Coming and sussing out Jesus and seeing whether you're skeptical Maybe your skepticism is, is uh, appropriate or now. Maybe your skepticism gets torn down or maybe you have some questions about Jesus. Maybe you have some questions about Christians. Maybe you've heard of what God is doing through Takeover Church and some of these other great churches in Grand Rapids. So you're curious as you come around Jesus. And I think that's a good place to start. But notice, I love Scripture so much. And I love the little things in it. You should really read your Bible, fam. This is not just for pastors and preachers. I tell you this. It is for all of us because there's these little things that kind of lets you know God's heart, right? Because there's a great cloud. There's a another scripture says great cloud of witnesses. But there's a great crowd of people who come from all over the place to be at this house, to be around Jesus. And I'm assuming, judging by the numbers and what it sounds like, these, these boys, they weren't able to get in, right? It says that. So out of this crowd, out of these people coming from all these places, here you have what the Bible says is some men, right? There's a great crowd from Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and here they are, and yet there is some men who stand out amongst the crowd, right? In the, uh, I think it's in, because we're in what, Luke right now? In the book of Mark, it actually says some is four. There's these four men that stand out above the crowd. And I wonder what it is that made them stand out above the crowd. Why is it that in a group, in a setting, and there's hundreds, potentially thousands came from around to be at this Holy Spirit house party with Jesus, some men, some women, some people, some old, some young, whatever the case may be, these four stood out. That's what I want to take a look at tonight. Because I think it's curious that for the skeptics, they would come and, and they would want to be proven right or they want to be proven wrong. For the curious, they'd want to come and they would want to see if their curiosities are valid, if maybe there is something to being a Jesus follower, being in church, being around Jesus, right? And then there's these four men who it wasn't enough. They heard that the Son of Man, as he calls himself in the scripture, they heard that this guy, this rabbi, this teacher, this performer of miracles and wonder... We're coming to a city near you, right? It's probably on big flashy billboards back then. There's this guy coming who can perform all of these things. And it wasn't enough for them just to gather in this house. It wasn't enough to, for them just to gather in this front yard. It wasn't enough for them to just come around Jesus or the name of Jesus. But for them, they lived with such urgency 
that they had a friend on a mat and they said there is no way that if this guy does what we've heard he can do if this many people come around we are not leaving until our homie on this mat right here has met Jesus because he needs to meet Jesus and leave with something that he doesn't currently have because we have this bed bound man who needs to have a heaven bound encounter with Jesus amen and so you have these boys says they try to get through the crowd and instead what they do they throw out the rules like we did tonight right they're like it's cool there's order there's order and service we're good with that but order isn't going to get Jesus to this guy this man is bed bound to his sleeping bag he cannot walk he cannot do much for himself and so what do these four men do they look at each other and they, man, we got to do something. Because that crowd ain't doing something, right? If the crowd had done something other than gathered, we would have heard about it, right? But it was these four men who decided, you know what, Vinny? Get me a rope, man. Because I got a sledgehammer and we're going to get up on top of Roy over here and we're going to hop up on this thing and I don't care what anybody says. I'll pay for the damages after it's done. We're going to get this guy to Jesus. Amen. It wasn't enough to simply gather around Jesus for these men. No. One of, the other, uh, one of the other books in the Bible, I think it's Mark as well, says that they dug a hole in the roof. It wasn't enough to simply be there around Jesus. These boys, they lived with a fervent urgency, a fever high that said this guy has to get to Jesus because clearly he's living without something that he so desperately needs. Amen. I love that these four men felt so compelled to lift up their friend. So compelled to go above and beyond the call of duty, whatever that even looks like. It didn't matter what the curious said, what the skeptic said, what the unchurched said, whatever that even means. Or the religious rulers, the Jews and the Gentiles, everybody who gathered around, it didn't matter. These boys were not looking for the approval of some. They were looking to fulfill the need of the one. Urgency, friends, it takes us to a place of action. Amen? Urgency moves Christians. We have to have urgency in the wild because in the wild, it's not enough to simply say, you know what, I'll pray for you. Hey, I know you're going through this thing, but I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. Hey, you know what? I'm going to pray for you later when I get home, if I think about it, maybe, in my prayer closet, in my special little time, right? In my special little place. Urgency takes you from I'll pray for you to I'm going to pray with you. Let's not leave this moment. Let's not leave this conversation without both of us just going to God and telling him, Jesus, we need you to move in this man's situation, right? Urgency takes us from, hey, I have this church at 5. Maybe you should think about coming. Urgency takes us, no, I have church. It's at 5. And I think there's some people, there's a community, there's some people who love this guy named Jesus. And I think if you encounter them, you can encounter Jesus. And I think that's what's best for your life, right? Urgency. It takes us from, I'm sorry that it's hard. So you know what? Hey, I know that it's hard. God knows that it's hard. That might come as a surprise to you, but our God isn't a God that says toughen up. He says that when you are weak, then you are strong. It's by my strength that you overcome. And so we don't just say, hey, I'm sorry that it's hard for you right now. 
We say, hey, I know it's hard for you, but God knows it's hard for you, and he hasn't abandoned you, and I'm not going to abandon you, and none of us are going to abandon you, and we're going to be with you until this thing is settled, till it's resolved, until you have the breakthrough that you came looking for. Urgency provokes action. Urgency provokes movement. Urgency makes us compelled to go forward. Amen. I think what Jesus wants to tell some Christians tonight in 2018, take over church. It is our heart that we wouldn't be a people that just gather around the name of Jesus, but we are going to say whatever, whenever, however, we're going to do all that we can in our God-given ability to get the one to the feet of Jesus. We are not going to be a church that just gathers around the name of Jesus. We're going to be a church that lives with some urgency in the wild. And we recognize that outside these four doors are some very real people going through some very real things who need to have an encounter with some very real people here to encounter a very real God. Amen. Amen. This is church in the wild. This is being a Jesus follower in the wild. This is what it looks like when Christians come full alive, that when we come on, when our lights come on, and we say that I cannot live another day without picking up my rope. Can I see my rope? Scott, where'd you go? He beamed up. We cannot go another day as Christians that say, God, if you give me another rope, if you give me another person, if you give me another opportunity, I'm going to take, take hold of this rope and I'm going to take hold of my assignment and the mission that you've given me and I'm going to hold on to it and I'm going to tug and I'm going to break the rules and I'm going I'm to cut a hole in this roof and I'm going to lower the people. If you give me one more, God, you best believe I'm going to make the most of that opportunity. That is what he is looking for in 2018. It's simply not enough for Christians to say, you know what, I checked in on Facebook. If they didn't see it and they didn't come, it's on them. We're going to grab a hold of our rope. It doesn't matter if, it doesn't matter if, like Rusty was saying earlier, if we ever have a chance to perform on this stage, if we ever get a chance to preach. If we ever get a chance to lead a takeover crew, it doesn't matter if we're ever in the Instagram post. It doesn't matter if they ever shout me out for all the hours of serving that I give. It doesn't matter whether I get any popularity, notoriety, or fame from it at all. Jesus, if you give me a rope and you give me assignment, I'm going to come through with Jesus, right? God, if you ever give us a rope, if you ever give us an opportunity, if you ever give us a chance, God, if you ever want to use somebody like us, Jesus, who were once dangling from this rope because somebody had to get us to you, God, if you ever give us another opportunity, we're going to do everything we can to get that person to the feet of Jesus. Amen. That's what takes you from being a crowd to some. That's what takes you from being hundreds that gather to, you know what, there's these four people, there's these people that take over church. Oh man, there's a lot of churches in Grand Rapids. Yeah, but the city ain't one yet, so we need another one. There's this church in Grand Rapids. We got Pastor Robert Trice in the house from Relevant Church over there. There's this other church in Grand Rapids. There's these churches that are fully alive, and they are taking up their assignments. They're not taking it lightly. It's not enough to attend for them, but they're going to the streets and the grocery markets, and they're actually getting outside their four walls and they are seeing people come to Jesus in numbers amen urgency in the wild is not enough for us simply to attend we have got to say something we have got to love somebody and we have got to speak some truth to a generation that has hurt because the truth isn't that you need to clean up to participate 
The truth has come as you are, and Jesus is going to meet you right there because he's already done it. This is church in the wild. It's not pretty, and it's not clean, and I like programs. Programs are get great. They have a time, and they have a place. But if programs get in the middle of it, if a marketing campaign gets in the middle of it, if we put money in things that we don't need to and we're overstretched, it doesn't benefit us at all. Because God has called us to go outside these four doors and make much of whatever rope, whatever assignment, whatever opportunity he gives us. Amen. Y'all having fun tonight? Y'all love Jesus tonight? Here at Takeover Church, we have this phrase. We've been saying it weekly, so I'm going to say it now. And it's a truth that we live by. It's this. You ready for this? So if you're taking notes, if you're a note taker, because you know you are going to get checked at the door in heaven, you better come with some notes. You better come with your Bible. Jesus does not grade your notes on a curve. But it's this. If you're not willing to walk out the ridiculous, you will never live in the miraculous. If you're not willing to walk out the ridiculous, you will never live in the miraculous. That is why we have this moment. I'm willing to put, I'm willing to look foolish. I'm willing to look dumb. If nobody comes up here on a Sunday morning and gets prayer, I'm going to make that space and that time available to you and anybody else who comes through those doors to receive what Jesus paid for on the cross. Amen. We're going to be a church that chooses to live in the miraculous. We're going to be expecting God to do something new every single Sunday. We're going to be expecting God to restore hearts every single Sunday. Amen. But I wonder, take over church, I wonder how many of us are willing to walk out the ridiculous in the wild so that we can live out the miraculous in the wild. I wonder, maybe let's take that a step further. Let's go beyond ourselves, right? Because once we get to the foot of the cross of Jesus, it's not really about us anymore. He's already given us everything he can give us on the cross. He's made it all available to us. So once we come to know Jesus, it becomes about our neighbor. It becomes about our coworker. It becomes about our kids. It becomes about our families. It becomes about our street neighbors. It becomes about people that we don't even know, our strangers that we meet out walking our dog. It becomes about everybody else because we have received Jesus. We have been fully alive. We have received our truth. And now it's our duty to share that truth and that love of Jesus. But I wonder how many people in our lives could be walking out, who could be living in the miraculous if you and I were willing to walk in the ridiculous. I wonder how many people in our lives, from our coworkers to our friends, to our kids, to our brothers and sisters that we have issues with, to our family, to, to, to our strangers and our bosses and the people who offend us on a daily, uh, daily basis. I wonder, would their lives look different? Would they live in the miraculous if we were just willing to walk out the ridiculous sometimes and ask them, hey, kind of seems like you're down today. Is everything all right? If we send a text, hey, just thinking about you, praying over you. What if we went up to random strangers and just said, hey, I got 15 bucks in my, in my pocket. Could you use it? I think God just wants to do something great in your life today. Could you use it? What would it look like if we actually got outside of ourselves and outside of our walls 
Because we have to be willing to live in the miraculous. We have to walk out the ridiculous to be Jesus followers. We have to take hold of everything that Jesus has for us. He's made it available to us. It cheapens what he did on the cross if we're not walking in it. I'm going to keep it 100 with you every single Sunday. But guess what? It cheapens what Jesus did on the cross if the people outside these four doors, both close to us and strangers to us, are not walking out the miraculous either. There wouldn't be a word in church called interceding if there wasn't a purpose, if we weren't actually called to go out and lay hands, if we weren't called to live out this call of God with some urgency. Because I think God is looking for some urgent Christians tonight in 2018 that says, you know what, God? If you want to use me, it's no longer about me. God, put me where you need me. God, I'm going to go to somebody. And we're going to see some souls went over for Jesus. Amen. I think God wants to ask some Christians tonight, are you willing to walk out the ridiculous so that not just yourself, not just your home, not just your kids, not just your family, but so others' families, so that the homeless community, so that the strangers, the people who don't talk like you, act like you, think like you, don't live in the same neighborhood as you, can live in the miraculous. Amen. So often in this life, I think we experience this thing called the human condition, right? Was that Bunk's phone? Lord, I ask that you strike that phone down in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Unless that's one of the numbers he got last week when I embarrassed him. I think so often in this life, we don't walk out the miraculous or we're not willing to do the ridiculous because we're too concerned with popularity. And I think as Christians, we disguise popularity as influence. I think often it's like, yeah, I just want to be influential. Follow my Instagram page. I just want to speak, you know, good things into your life. Follow my Snapchat. I think in 2018, I don't care if you're young or you're old, we live for this thing often. I think it's the human condition where we live for the approval of man. But can I tell you, friends, that living for the approval of man will look really great. People will cheer your name for a second. But when that cheer goes, what do you have? You've got a hole in your soul with no satisfaction. I want to tell you, take over, church. We can live out the miraculous when we don't serve an audience of man, but we recognize that we serve an audience of one, and his name is Jesus that we don't live for the approval of man. We live from urgency, from having the approval of God already. Amen. Amen. Jesus isn't looking for some Christians, another one of us, to say, follow my Facebook page, check out my blog. All of these things are great. I love it. I think it's great to have these tools, and I think it's great to, that we can get the word of God out. Now in 2018, we have all this technology. The world is far, sm far smaller than it's ever been, and we have more at our disposal to leave not just an imprint, but come in like a wrecking ball of Miley Cyrus impression for Jesus. When Miley Cyrus gets a better reaction than offering in church, we're going to have problems. Just so everyone knows. Robert knows. But friends, this thing isn't about that. We mistake popularity for influence. We mistake followers and likes and analytics for influence. We mistake large numbers and large crowds for influence. 
popularity doesn't equal influence, but urgency always equals influence. Y'all catch that? Popularity doesn't equal influence. Urgency equals influence. You want to know how I know that? It's the Bible. Because you know what was really cool? There was hundreds of guys and girls, Jews and Gentiles, rabbis and not Pharisees and not upholders of the Jewish law and not all sorts of people at this house party. Hundreds gathered Urgency takes you from being those who gathered around Jesus to be called some men, to being some women, to being highlighted when there was hundreds of people at this house party. Some men, four men with urgency now have an entire piece of scripture that God thought was so important for some Christians in 2018 to understand that popularity that living for the approval. Man, I just need some validation. I just need somebody to tell me my gifts are good, that my voice is great, that I'm bringing it every week. I just need somebody to tell me that I'm doing a good job at work. I just need to hear it from my wife that I'm being a good husband. I just need to hear it that I'm fulfilling the needs that I'm supposed to be fulfilling. I just want to know that my talents aren't, aren't going unnoticed. Please, will someone just validate me? I've been there. I will never preach for me from a place that I haven't been. I give you that. I have lived and I have served and I have pastored for the validation of man. But what's going to change this city? What's going to bring the wild into what God actually has for it is when some men and some women, some old and some young decide that it doesn't matter if they ever get notoriety, if they ever get the limelight on them, whether they ever get an opportunity, we will be faithless if we have to. We will be nameless if we have to. We will serve behind the scenes if we have to. If it means that Jesus is made famous in the city and the lost come home. Amen. Worship team, you can start making your way up here. Urgency in the wild. These men are labeled and these men are shown and these men are highlighted because they weren't concerned with what the hundreds around the house thought when they came with a rope and a man in a sleeping bag drug behind them thought they weren't concerned with what it looked like do you know what it looked like if you were bedridden if you were bed bound if you were stuck on a mat and that was your lot in life do you know what you would look like do you know how you would smell do you know how incredibly uncomfortable that would make people these some men, these four guys, they didn't care what the crowd thought. And sometimes you got to leave the crowd if you ever want to lead the crowd. They didn't care who they had to push through, important or not, Pharisee or not, religious ruler or not, the biggest tithers or not. They didn't care. They saw a man in need on a mat and they said, man, we're going to Jesus and you're coming with. And guess what? You can't even fight it if you wanted to because you're stuck in a mat. We're going to push through this crowd. We're going to grab a rope and we're going to find a guy with a rope and we're going to get up on this roof and we're going to do whatever we can, come whatever way. We're going to get you to the feet of Jesus. Urgency brings freedom. 
God says good news. Whatever your addiction is, whatever your affliction is, whatever your shortcoming is, whatever mattress you have been living in, I have got an answer. Her name is Eugene. and that he loves you 
and that all he wants is for you to open the door when he knocks that he can come in. And then from that moment, this moment, tonight, you can have an actual relationship with Jesus Christ who wants to walk out the daily in and outs with you. Not just the good, not just the bad. He doesn't show up when you're behaving and leave you when you mess up. No. God is with you every single step of the way, mistake or not, addiction or not, button up in khakis or not, it doesn't matter. Jesus is with you for the journey. So if that's you in this place, again, every eye is closed and every head is bowed. There is nobody judging you. If that's you, if you love, if you want to say that you love Jesus, you accept him as your Lord and Savior tonight, or you want to pick that relationship up with him right now and make it stronger and better than it's ever been, would you just put your hand up real quick? Just high enough and long enough so that I can see it. And then you can put your hand right back down just so I know who I'm praying with and for tonight.
some Christians. That when you leave church, you can take your ball and you can go home. Or tonight you can be Jesus followers and you can take your rope and you can go fish for another person and get them to Jesus. Amen. So I want to challenge you. Take up your rope, someone gets to leave their mat. But when you take your ball and go home, nobody gets to. So go. Be the light of the world. Love somebody. Spend some time with them. And get in your... Don't worry about your shoes. Don't worry about your clothes. Get down in somebody's mess. Because their freedom and their liberation and their joy and their happiness... Their souls are dependent upon your obedience and picking up your rope. Does that sound good? Do you love Jesus tonight? I keep getting told that I'm not supposed to stand on the subway. We just had church. We didn't just have a funeral. We just had church. church. When you come here, you no longer have to do life alone. You can if you want to, but friends, let me tell you, it is so much better when you have a posse. It is so much better when you have friends, when you have family, that we're a church that's naked on you, that we're not going to abandon you, that no matter what you do or whether you don't do, we are going to be with you every step of the journey. So stick around tonight. Grab some free food out there. It's all in the house. We're not a church that's ever going to make you pay for something you tithe for. That doesn't make any sense. So cookies and coffee. It's good coffee. It's on the house. Enjoy it. We got the cookies from Aldi, but it's good cookies. I love Aldi. I think the Lord is in it. It's good. You got to check the produce, but it's good. See, we all know I'm talking truth. But hey, also this. I know Bree's not here, and I was hoping she could close out service for us tonight, but she's sick, and we're just bleeding for healing for that. But... There's a couple ways to get involved here at Takeover Church, and it's this. Incredible worship team. How incredible are these guys? Y'all are incredible. Thank you for using your gifts. Thank you for building this house. Thank you for loving Jesus and sacrificing time. And I want to invite you to join this. Our science says a nice little catchphrase, join the takeover, because we really want you to. 